It's over 9,000! to Final Forum, a podcast with a discussion of all things Dragon Ball. I am your host, the Bikini, an elite recruiting member of the Frieza Force, on a mission to find the best warriors from across the galaxy to join the greatest army of all time, and I am joined, as always, by my many completely rational fears. It's October, and Jelly has commanded, I mean, uh, politely requested, that I share my top ten scariest moments in Dragon Ball. I'm sure this will not be used as blackmail later. Alright, let's get started. At number 10, we have Chi-Chi's Rage. Her anger is enough to make the universe's strongest fighter tremble in his weighted training boots. Goku is faced off against a god of destruction with more curds than he does his own wife. He prefers going through grueling training as opposed to spending time with his family- Oh, wait, yeah, I see it now. The way he acts, he thinks she broke his ankles uh, with a sledgehammer or something. And at this point, I might not even blame her like a bad lifetime movie at number nine baby that's right not everything was completely terrible in gt baby was a vengeance loving villain with a backstory that tied him to the saiyans and his powers give off major like invasion of the body snatcher vibes uh he was menacing and held true hatred for our heroes but perhaps the most chilling aspect of the character is the idea that maybe he was just actually justified in his choices. After all, he had completely shed his heritage in order to survive the genocide of his people. I don't think it's a stretch to assume that would make anybody a little unstable. The only thing keeping him from placing higher on this list? Pretty much everything else in GT. Which brings us to number 8, Dragon Ball GT, for completely different reasons. I know this has been a bit of a gag on our podcast, but there was a lot of things about GT that just didn't mesh well with the rest of Dragon Ball. They threw out a lot of the lighter comedic notes, the color palette was more muted and a bit darker, the music wasn't nearly as good, and the main protagonist, who typically was always moving forward and growing in strength, gets kneecapped at the very beginning of the series. In a word, GT is dreary. Then there were the excellent ideas that just didn't stick to landing. There were so many things about the show that should have worked, like the villains or the themes explored in the storylines. And then it would be some fault of execution that killed the hype. The majority of the reason I dislike GT so much is because it had all this potential and it just couldn't seem to figure out how to make it work. Truly, it was like a train wreck and I just couldn't look away. That brings us to number seven, Dragon Ball Evolution. Number six, 
Raditz kidnapping Gohan. This is probably one of my favorite parts in Z. Uh, it's a great way to kick off Adult Goku's story. We're lulled into this false sense of security only for everything we know in the world of Dragon Ball to be blown apart. Gohan is taken and Raditz threatens to turn him. Uh, Goku and Piccolo pull out all the stops to try and rescue him, but the price for victory is steep. Goku ends up giving his life to save his son. They struggle against this powerful enemy, barely squeaking out a win, only to learn that there are two more who are even stronger on their way. What should be a triumph is instead only a precursor to the horrors to come. Number five is Boo. The storyline around Boo follows a few horror tropes, mostly having to do with our scrappy heroes unleashing evil upon themselves and their loved ones, or falling to their own hubris. Boo continually surprises our heroes. He's a much more tenacious threat than anything else they've faced so far, and each time they think they have a, they've got him cornered, he changes forms and keeps coming after them. Slowly, he closes in on our heroes, all the while they're aware that he's coming for them and they're powerless to stop him. Then there's the bits of body horror, with like people fusing, or being turned into candy and eaten, or just being consumed and absorbed by pink sludge. Uh, each change makes Boo more dangerous and less predictable than the last form, and it ends with Kid Boo, who can blow up planets, just having a temper tantrum, and really, what's scarier than that? Perhaps a creature that spends his existence trying to attain perfection instead of regressing? Oh. That brings us to number four, the introduction of Cell. Uh, Cell's introduction is steeped in tension and the slow realization of just how profane his very existence is. He's a genetic amalgamation of other beings, and he's perfected and weaponized their DNA to its fullest. Uh, he builds his strength by taking life force from others and a perverse like, reflection of the spirit bomb. And the way that he does it is disturbing, even in an animated form. We watch as his victims are pierced by his tail, and then they slowly wilt into nothingness, leaving behind only clothes. Ugh. Personally, I'm a huge fan of his initial character design, uh, but the evolution of forms to me seems tied more to the development of his ego. Uh, his disregard for human life and singular focus on Goku will make your blood run cold and maybe pity him for his cursed existence. At number three, we have Demon King Piccolo. Now here's a villain that doesn't mess around. He's got a good plan, he has the means and the power to execute, and most of all, our heroes don't even know he's made any moves until it's already too late. They're having the time of their lives celebrating success and having a big old party when Piccolo starts taking out teenagers like it's some sort of Friday the 13th situation. There's a steady ratcheting of the pressure in this arc that builds to an epic payoff. The stakes are the same with Pilaf and Red Ribbon, but King Piccolo is actually competent. This time around, it feels like evil might actually follow through on its threats. Sadly, his master plan falls apart when he faces off with the plucky brunette. Uh, the, the evil is defeated and will never be seen again. Or will it? Uh, number two, I have the final battle on Namek. This fight with Lord Freeze is intense. He's laser-focused on his target like some sort of killer machine thing. Maybe with an Austrian accent. Yeah, anyway. Uh, prior to this fight, the mere thought of confront confronting Frieza was a non-starter. They spent more time running away from Frieza or his men than just about anything else. Our heroes eventually get the upper hand on Lord Frieza's crew, only for the universe's greatest leader to drop the hammer on, on them himself. What follows is a methodical pursuit of his prey, wearing them down until finally they can no longer stand against Lord Frieza's might, except for one, Sarah Khan, I mean, Son Goku. Once Frieza realizes that he can't win a direct confrontation, however, he changes tactics going to a more mutually assured destruction approach, uh, turning Namek into a ticking time bomb, the timer heralding his doom, essentially. 
Goku can't really live without an atmosphere, but Lord Frieza can. So, he uses a fight to distract Goku from finding an escape ship. He survives the blast, he's found and eventually repaired. All of that coldly calculated. The only thing stopping Frieza from attaining total victory was luck. Or maybe destiny. And finally, at number one, Dragon Ball Staying Power. This franchise has been around since 1989. Is it the oldest franchise? No. But I can only think of a handful of properties with a longer career at this level of global recognition. At the rate things are going, this show is going to well outlast its creator, like some sort of undead amalgamation of pop culture references and lightning. I think Dragon Ball is so successful as a franchise because it's not overly complicated. There's funny character moments to help balance the serious fighting. Uh, but it also requires an equally skilled ability to make readers worry about their hero to fear losing them tragically. So truly, which is more frightful? The unstoppable power of this behemoth or the mind that created it? Well, that's all for this mini-sode, listeners. Now that we've investigated the depths of my Dragon Ball-based fears, we can only hope this information will be used responsibly. Will Jelly find the length of my Minnesota acceptable? Can I trust him not to use this against me in an embarrassing way? Is Jelly even making one of these episodes, or is this all an elaborate scam cooked up in a petty rage incited mostly by the boredom of flying through vast distances of space without anything better to do? Find out next time on Final Forum. <laughs> Final Form is written and produced by Tom Gwelly. It is performed by Dan Kinney and Tom Gwelly. Our webmaster is Dan Kinney. Our theme music is provided by YouTube content creator GVG Kit. Want to learn more about the Dragon Ball universe, including concept art, behind-the-scenes interviews, and recommendations from Jelly and Bikini? Connect with us on social media. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Final Forum Pod. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you receive your podcasts. And of course, make sure to share with your friends and family and help us spread the word of the glory of Lord Frieza. The Frieza Force thanks you for your listenership. 